All Things Unexplained, hosted by Dr. Mounts. Let's face it, we were always ready to roll without him anyway. <laughs> CJ Derringer. Ain't nobody perfect, right? And Smitty Neves. I've never planned out hardly anything my whole life. I just free ball. Featuring Cajun Man. I'm just old nobody, somebody looking for somebody. Hey, hey, all you unexplained ones. This is CJ Derringer coming at you today with Dr. Tim Mount. And I'm wondering, does Smitty get royalties for that intro every time we play it? Because, I mean, he is never here with us. It's actually the opposite. We get royalties every time he's not here <laughs> from Smitty. He pays us he a pays us. certain right. amount for every absence. <laughs> it's no, we're just still does not ensure time. perfect attendance so <laughs> he he is a teacher and uh, he's doing the right thing by uh, teaching and not skirting his duties to come hop on here but we do have an exciting story an exciting unexplained story for everybody today that was brought to our attention recently and by the way if you guys hear anything see anything please send it to us. The more, the merrier. There is no story that is too strange for us to tackle. So um, you can do that on our social media pages. You can find us on our website at www.allthings-unexplained.com and send us what you've got. That's right. So CJ, this story comes out of New Mexico. Have you ever been to New Mexico? I have never been to New Mexico, but... On my bucket list of trips before I die, Roswell is planted firmly near the top. So, Roswell, yes. I will get there one day. Matter of fact, I should look up where Roswell... Do you know exactly where it's at in New Mexico? No, oh, I, I don't. Southeast New Mexico, which is interesting. Let's remember that, put that into context. So, did you see that story about the American Airlines... Flight, I did, CJ. yeah. Well, you sent it. You sent it to me, and then I had a chance to sort of listen to the audio and do a little bit of research. Not a ton of information out yet, but fascinating story for sure. In in so many ways, all of the different directions that it could truly go. But yeah, I did see it. Well, and do you remember there was another story? So I actually contacted a mil our show's military consultant. One of them. Right before we came oh, yeah. over here. Yep. And when I asked him, hey, did you hear about the American Airlines incident over the weekend? He said, oh, yeah, I heard about the one, you know, with the engine that blew up over Colorado. What? Oh, wow. So is this breaking news to you? Yes. So this is not even our story for this episode, but the coincidence is certainly alarming to me. Uh, it just doesn't. It just feels like a really strange coincidence. So this is headline two days ago, I believe. A Boeing 777 operated by United, so not American, but still had to make an emergency landing in Denver after one of its engines blew apart. And you, what you may have heard about, or this was really the part that was on the news, is that the explosion resulted in huge chunks of wreckage crashing down across suburban neighborhoods. So you had people's homes with just 
giant pieces of air, airplane debris in the front yard. So it could have been a really horrific incident. Luckily, no one was hurt or killed in this, but certainly they could have been. So far, no explanation for how this happened, how the 777 just lost an engine and essentially blew up. As a matter of fact, people on the ground did see a flash of light and an explosion and a trail of smoke. Now, by itself, that's really curious. Passengers were on the plane? Oh, yeah. Passengers were on the plane. As a matter of fact, really a harrowing part of that story. Let me see if I can find it. Is they got a, a great quote from one of the passengers. Let's see what they said. No, it was a cargo plane. Are you sh- oh, well, maybe this was... Oh, wait. No, no this was sure? in the Netherlands. There- <laughs> yeah, because this says... Same day. Same day. Same day in the ne- Netherlands? A cargo. What happened to the cargo plane? It says NYC bound planes engine caught fire and shed debris on the same day as the United 328. Oh, I remember hearing about that. Okay, so this mystery is kind of unfolding as we're broadcasting here. Well, on the Colorado plane, passenger David DeLucia was settling back into his seat. This is coming from marketwatch.com this is an associated press story though when a huge explosion and flash of light interrupted an in-flight announcement and put him in survival mode as delucia and his wife prepared for the worst people in the denver suburb reacted in horror as huge pieces of the engine casing and chunks of fiberglass rained down on a sports field and streets and lawns just missing one home and crushing a truck the explosion was visible from the ground, left a trail of black smoke in the sky, and tiny pieces of insulation filled the air like ash. Let's see. The plane yeah, ended up landing scary. safely in Denver. But DeLucia said, the, the passenger they talked to said, when it initially happened, I thought we were done. I thought we were going down. The pilot did an amazing job. It was pretty unnerving. So, to tell you how scared they were, this... Passenger David DeLucia, you know the first thing he thought to do? What's that? He made, this is what he thought was about to happen. He made sure that he located his wallet and got it in his pocket so that they could identify his body. Whoa. I don't when they you ever think found to it. do that. I don't know that I would think to do that. I've heard that advice before, but I'm not sure I would think of that in the moment. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But that tells well, you how. I mean, props to those pilots for landing that plane and staying you know, cool under immense amounts of pressure. Right, and so that tells you how they reacted to it. Right, I mean, they thought they were done. Yeah. So this is pretty crazy here. The Netherlands situation, the Colorado plane, and now American Airlines Flight twenty two ninety two over North. East New Mexico. I don't know my New Mexico geography that well, but I can only assume this is a pretty isolated region. I know Las Vegas is kind of in the northeast. And of New wait. Mexico? <laughs> well, 
I swear I'm on Google Maps. Look at that. There's a Las Vegas, New Mexico. So it's clearly not the Las Vegas. No. But there is a Las Vegas, New Mexico. But there's not a whole lot really? else. Yep. And up here in terms of cities that I see. Well, there's also a Des Moines, New Mexico up there. Oh. Hmm. Which and came first, you wonder? That's a, I gotta assume the Iowa one did, but... <laughs> <laughs> But I don't see much else, so I assume it's pretty isolated up there. We'll have to do a little more research, or maybe our listeners can let us know. But American Airlines Flight 2292, around 1 p.m. Central Time, all of a sudden, the pilot radios in frantically into Albuquerque, which was the nearest airport, and he's all in a panic. Because something's coming right at him. A long cylindrical so, object. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna debate you there a little bit. Sure. I don't think he was in a panic. Again, I think this guy also kept his cool, considering what he thinks he just saw. Well, how about I put it this way? So the interesting part of this story, one of the many interesting parts, is we never would have known about it had it not been for this really incredible dude on the ground somewhere, runs his own website, his own blog that goes by the name yeah, of just... Deep Black Horizon. And he's got some great setups. And he picked up in the, I guess we could at least say urgency in the voice of the pilot. Right. And said, I've got to make sure I'm recording this. I've got to tune in and see what this guy's talking about. Yeah. So he listens into all of these different air, airlines, apparently. All of their radio frequencies and what have you. But I will say, if I were the pilot and I saw something, I mean, I'd be probably dropping some swear words, right? <laughs> like, we listened to those other pilots that saw those unidentified objects out of, um, gosh, where were they flying over? Do you remember those guys? Is that oh, yeah. Iran? In India. India. Are you sure? Okay. Anyway, doesn't matter. They were cursing. They were like, I don't know what the bleep this is here. <laughs> Considering what he saw, I felt like he communicated very clearly. No, I agree. Too much panic. And props to Steve Douglas, the operator of Deep Black Horizon blog, who got this. And I've got a treat. We can let the listeners decide for themselves because I've got the recording. (laughs) You want to hear it? Yeah. So this was February 21st. So we're talking just a couple of days ago. 119 Central Standard Time, an American Airlines flight. Yes, and here is the pilot, I'm pretty sure. Have any targets up here? We just had something go right over the top of us that, I hate to say, this looked like a long cylindrical object that almost looked like a cruise missile type of thing moving really fast that went right over the top. Let's hear that one more time. I think I had a little See, bit. Yeah, of... I think calm, considering he thinks a missile just flew over the top of him. Pretty calm. Let, let's hear that one more time have any targets up here we just had something go right over the top of us that i hate to say this looked like a long cylindrical object that almost looked like a cruise missile type of thing moving really fast that went right over the top of us 
Yeah, I agree. He he was pretty calm, given the situation. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine flying a passenger airplane, and suddenly a something that looks like a missile flies over the top of your plane, near miss? Oh yeah. I would be like, um, can somebody please explain what is happening right now? <laughs> exactly. Now this did pique my curiosity. The flight was at approximately 37,000 feet, which I feel like is pretty high up there. And out of curiosity, I just wondered a little bit more about cruise missiles, right? And cruise missiles, actually their whole thing is they fly at low altitude to evade radar. Hmm. And I don't really think that 37,000 feet is where they generally like to go. As a matter of fact, I believe cruise missiles tend to cruise. What I saw was around 110 meters, which is 360 feet. So that puts it in perspective. Wow. The flight was 37,000 foot. A cruise missile might be cruising along at 360 feet, you know, to stay under the radar. Now, yeah. I will say that the show, our All Things Unexplained military consultant did remind me that in Iran... One of the times recently where we were bombing Iran, we had missiles essentially circling in the air until it was their time to go down and hit a target. Wow. And we, but again, he also said, you know, but they still want to need to be low enough to evade radar and evade also any anti-aircraft, anti-missile type of technology on the ground that could be launching at them. Yeah. He also said that... Now, again, this have... is the pilot just specu just saying it looks like a cruise missile. We're assuming that the pilot knows what a cruise missile looks like. I, I don't know what a cruise missile looks like. I mean, obviously, I don't know much about all of these things, but he could have just, off, off the cuff, that's what he chose to say. Right, and I think the pilot would, seeing such a thing, go to a cruise missile, which a lot of us have seen on television and, and such, right? But as our military consultant reminded me, you know, this in UFO lore is also a stereotypical shape of a UFO, the classic cigar shape, and certainly right. cigar cylindrical. You know, we're talking about the same shape here for quite a long time here now with UFO reports, cigar-shaped UFOs, have really been a thing. It also makes me go back to our first episode of this show now right, with, with Mr. Billy. Fighters. That's right. Not just the Foo Fighters, but even the UFO that all these law enforcement officers saw, he described, he didn't exactly use the word cylinder, but, but certainly a cylinder is what it was. It wasn't perfectly circular, but more like I think he described it as two pans sitting on top of each other two dish pans something like that so this is a classic a ufo dish shape dish what's, what's a dish pan maybe a saucer <laughs> a flying saucer right saucer shape so i think well i think that if you see a saucer shape moving at incredibly high speed it probably to our eyeballs takes on a cylindrical appearance right would you agree with that yeah, possibility? Absolutely. Yes. I would now, agree with that possibility. 
One complicating factor to this story, and by the way, now anybody that... Oh, let me say this. Let me backtrack. Deep Black Horizon on their blog, at first they had to say, this is not verified to be the airline. Okay, I got this recording. Mm -hmm. This is something. I cannot confirm it was the actual flight. Next update confirmed it is the actual flight the airline cannot deny it next update any further inquiries can go to the fbi yeah the airline's done with it and i think it's so fascinating how if we just didn't have this guy on the ground you know tracking these sorts of communications i don't think we would have ever known about this right but that's the airline going listen this has nothing to do with us we have no idea. We can't answer your questions anyways. Go to the FBI. Direct all questions right. to the FBI. Except it was their flight. Right. But they, but they couldn't explain what it was. No. But do you think they ever would have told the public about this incident? Oh, definitely not. No. No. And so this actually seems like a needle in a haystack situation to me. This one flight just happened to be in range of a guy who has an incredible setup to record flight transmissions. They just happen to be close enough for him to capture the recording, for him to notice the, the panic or the urgency or the heightened sense of excitement in the guy's voice and get it recorded and get it out there for the public to know. But can you imagine how many situations we never find out about? Right. I... I can't imagine. I can't even begin to imagine how many situations we don't find out about. And there's a lot of people out there that do know things that can't share them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Me, Joe, I know. I can't even begin to imagine. And maybe I don't want to. <laughs> you can't handle the truth, right? I to a debate with my dad one day. <laughs> I mean, in a bubble to some degree but I remember getting in a debate with my dad one day and I just can't remember what exactly it was about it was probably about me wanting to travel and him not wanting me to do so and um, he worked on a, a black government program there are many many things that he knows that I will never be able to know he'll never be able to share with us but he looked me square in the eye one day and my dad doesn't ever get too serious with me my dad pretty much never tells me I can't do things he always likes to say well i won't say it. it's kind of a bad phrase but he um looked me square in the eyes and said you have no idea what is happening out there you have absolutely no idea oh i'm sure and we're seeing it play out now k-a-r-e-11 i believe they are out of new mexico actually spoke to a couple of interesting people about this situation. One astronomer, Dr. Larry Wasserman from Lowell Observatory, and Phoenix Lights expert, Dr. Lynn D. Katai. Now, you and I were discussing the Phoenix Lights before we went on. That was a famous incident in 97, did you say, CJ? Um, yes. Where hundreds of people witnessed unexplained lights over the city of Phoenix. But Dr. Wasserman, the astronomer, said 
the pilot obviously saw something. He saw a UFO. Now, don't freak out when Dr. Wasserman says that. He clearly means the official definition of UFO, unidentified flying object. He's not necessarily going to aliens. Dr. Katai, with the Phoenix Lights Project, which is her organization now, said, Pilots have been reporting strange anomalies that cannot be explained from their vantage point. The excitement in their voices seeing something so unusual. But she brings up a complicating factor here. We have to remember that it's in New Mexico and White Sands Missile Range is nearby. Okay. And that is a complicating factor. Missile gone rogue. Yes. But I'll be honest. You're probably not surprised. I'm not buying it. (laughs) (laughs) But here's why. So this instance took place in over northeast New Mexico. By the way, New Mexico is a big state now. covers a lot of territory. White Sands Mm -hmm. Missile Range is essentially in southern, south-central New Mexico. I'm looking at it on a map here. Well, certainly it would not be a problem for missile for the United States to cover that territory. It just seems like a stretch for me to think that White Sands has missiles so far away in the air, so close to one of our flights. Now, our military expert also mm-hmm. told me that we have the technology on missiles to hover or fly close to aircraft in order to disguise them from radar. Hmm. And that Now that made me go, hmm, oh my. Do I think that's what was happening? Gee, it just seems highly unlikely that we, the United States, would test a missile and that cloak it. close to a passenger airplane. Yeah, and cloak it next to a passenger airplane. Now, our ex, our consultant also said, but that doesn't mean this couldn't have been some other entity, right? Even True. if it was an American, we don't know what also, else Also, don't you think that the United States military has tested many things that have, whoops, accidentally caused huge problems and then covered them up somehow? Oh, absolutely. But another thing that just doesn't ring or sit well with me one in the afternoon? Is that really the time you test top secret military? <laughs> no, I can tell you it's not. Um, just based on one thing I do know about my dad's previous history, he worked on the B-2 bomber. And they would build the, the bomber in parts in the town where I grew up, in separate parts, because of painting restrictions. You could not paint in the county where I grew up, so they had to transport the bomber in parts to the next county over and paint it there. So they would do that in the dead of night when there was no moon. They would cover it and they would change the shape of it so that nobody could tell what it was and transport these parts from one county to the next so that they could paint them and then transport them back. So no, you do not test these things, show these things where civilians can see them. Absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. 
I think it's one thing to have unexplained lights in the sky at night, but to literally have your aircraft in the air in the middle of the afternoon for all to see, cameras, video recorders, what have you, pilots, people on the ground, it just seems implausible. Right. Too risky. Now, have any passengers on the plane mentioned seeing it? You know what? The only thing I've got so far is from the pilot. As a matter of fact, I can't even tell. I'm not even sure we can find out how many people were on this flight. Oh, I'm sure we could. If we have the flight number, we can go back and see. Well, it was American Airlines flight 2292. And Deep Black Horizon did a great job of really documenting all the statistics of this flight that's still including the flight path itself, the link to the audio, the entire morning of recordings that they captured. But I still don't see anything about the flight as far as how many people were on there. Well, we'll do some digging and we can put that information on our social media pages. Absolutely. When we figure it out. I mean, aren't the flight numbers the same? Just the dates change. So if we wanted to book a fat flight today to go from Albuquerque to Phoenix, we could see how many spots are available on that flight. No, we definitely could. I could be wrong about that. Well, let's see. You know, we can get on it today and just do a little test flight. <laughs> let's, see. <laughs> let's see what else we might see. But I still can't quite... I still can't quite figure out the capacity or how many people are able to right, get on Right, but it there. is definitely a passenger plane. Oh, yeah, for sure. Let's see... Yeah, I just can't find exactly how many people can can go on that flight. But you know what? This is this calls back to a, a men in black situation, be it the FBI, what have you. I guarantee you everybody on that flight has been assailed by some official at this point. And maybe they just <laughs> have been told, hey. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe if nobody said anything, they're probably all of their phones are probably being tracked, or they're not talking about it or texting about it. But I don't think that they're going to ruffle any feathers by bringing it up if people missed it. Right, but you know, it it brings to mind something Mr. Billy told us in our UFO stories early on in our episodes when the FBI or someone. The CIA, I believe they thought it was the CIA at the time, said, we advise you to not be mentioning this situation. (laughs) I feel like times have changed a lot, but I do think it's weird how we have not heard from any of the passengers, though. This flight did not originate in New Mexico. No. It originates in Ohio. It was flying over New Mexico, northeast New Mexico at that point in time, west of That's Des Moines, right. which is why you saw that. Okay, sorry, I thought for some reason that it originated in Albuquerque, New Mexico. No, no, it did, it did not. Okay. But, wow, you know, so many unexplained UFO things 
in New Mexico, I mean, the lore just keeps growing and growing from Roswell to now this. I mean, who knows what else? I think right. New Mexico just happens to be a haven for this sort of thing for some reason. We definitely need to get out there and get some New Mexico dirt on our shoes. Do some digging. Oh, yeah. We need to go boots on the ground <laughs> to Roswell. See what's going on. I would love to get Steve Douglas from Deep Black Horizon on the show. I would love yeah. to get Dr. Katai from the Phoenix Lights project on the show. See what she thinks about it. Yeah. But Maybe we I can think bottom line for get me, my dad on here and see if we can get him to spill, spill some of the goods. Yeah. Well, you know, since he's unofficially on every <laughs> uh, every show, <laughs> he may yeah, was officially right? be on one day. <laughs> I wanted to give our military expert on here, but I know you got to run soon, so he probably would not be up for a call right now. Mm -hmm. Although I could, do you think? Do you think I should give a spontaneous call to our military expert? Let's hold off on that because I do want <laughs> to have another show in the very near future about all of these files released by the CIA. Oh, absolutely! All of the UFO I files, saw that. Which there are over eight hundred thousand files that's kind of purposeful also i think they i feel like they just make massive amounts right. of this documentation <laughs> just to make it incredibly Arthur difficult won't have time to go through it all <laughs> <laughs> also i think it's great how or not great for investigators but just really interesting it's 2021 right and until now, the only way apparently to access any of these files was like four old right, computers, computers in the back of yeah, <laughs> in the back of some room yes. somewhere, like four old Dales or you know whatever. And they probably the, had the those first turn where you have to like push the button down and turn it slowly to the right to go through each document, and if you miss it, then you have to push it back down and turn it back to the left. That's what I used to have to do when I worked. I used to be a sports writer for a newspaper and I'd have to go through some of the archives and it was archaic. I literally had to go into this dark room and turn these knobs so slowly to go through all of the different reports that had been done. And oh, awful. Absolutely. But I think they want it that way. Right. They want it archaic. Definitely. Either that or you got to ask yourself, you know, okay, are we really about to send civilians to Mars and we can't even put these documents online in a searchable way. I mean, come on. Well, so let's circle back to this. You get in touch with your quote-unquote mysterious military expert. We'll do some digging into these files, find out how many passengers were on that plane, and we will bring all of that to our listeners next time. Absolutely. And I want to say the bottom line for me on this situation is, to me, this is scary. Yeah. This is a passenger plane. We just had one with the engine blow up over our airspace, another one over the Netherlands. We don't know what's happening out there. We got top secret files being released finally. I mean, we should stay alert. Definitely. It's, it's scary to me. It is scary. I think it goes back to your whole life theory, which is to trust no one. Fox Mulder said it best. <laughs> thanks for joining me this Thank morning, you. CJ. Thank you. And thanks to our listeners for checking in. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And until next time, keep bringing us all the things that are unexplained. That's right. Check out Squatching.com. I've got some more things coming at you soon. Here's Larry again, unofficially. This has been All Things Unexplained.